Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, good evening, River of Life. We're going to continue tonight to look into God's Word as we continue in our series that we've called Underdog. If you've not been with us, we're doing testimonies all throughout this series because what I want you to understand is as believers, we are not the underdog. We once were the underdog, but God. But once you've accepted God, once you've said yes to Jesus, all of a sudden you move from being the underdog to being victorious, and that's who he's calling us to be. Amen? Luke chapter 19, verse 1, it says this, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was the chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd. And he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to see the place, He looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, he has gone to be be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone... By false accusation, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments, as we look at your word, I pray, Father, that you will show us what we need to see. God, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for all of these stories of transformation. God, it's not because of any one of us. It's because of you. And so we give you all the praise and all the glory for that. And I pray, Lord, that as we look at your word, I pray that we will hear what we need to hear, that we'll move to where we need to move to, and God, that we'll put our trust and our hope in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So in Jericho, uh, the Jews consider Zacchaeus to be a traitor. And the deal is, is, is he would work with those who were over the Jewish people, and uh, he would watch for people who were, who were not doing what they're supposed to be doing. But the way it would work is that he would collect the taxes for the Roman government, but he could, he could jack on any amount he wanted to those taxes. And anything above what, the, uh, what Rome required, he would get to keep. And so how many of you know that he was not a friend to these people? They were not excited when they saw Zacchaeus coming. They didn't like Zacchaeus, and for, rightfully so. This was a guy who had basically taken and said, hey, if these guys are going to be in charge, I'm going I'm to get in good with them so that I can not only be safe, but I can make some money off of it. And so he, in this story, it's interesting because he, he hears about Jesus somewhere, somehow he hears about this man Jesus, and so he shows up and And obviously, there must have already been a crowd that was gathering, and he realized, hey, I'm too short to see him. And so, how many of you can relate to that in the room? Anybody? Okay. I just went to the doctor this week, and I've shrunk an inch and a half. It was not in my notes, but I thought I'd share it with you. 
She told me I was six foot, and I'm like, what? I, I was six foot one and a half. She's like, not anymore. Okay. But this guy, so Zacchaeus is like, man, I, I want to see Jesus. I want to see what everybody's talking about. And many misfits will stay away, and they'll miss out. Many people like this would say, oh, there's going to be a crowd. I can't go to where the crowd is because those people don't like me. They'll have some excuse as to why they can't get close to Jesus. The crowd is closing and they're pressing in on Jesus and he's short and he can't see. And so he climbs a tree so that he can see. These are the same people that he has sinned against, the same people that he's stolen from, the same people that he's abused for years. These are those same people. They're pressing in and they're obstructing his view of Jesus. Can I tell you that sometimes our failures, our mistakes come to press us away from Jesus? Our sin can prevent us from grasping a clear understanding of who Jesus is and from whom grace comes. For some of you, you need to understand that, that there are things in your life that are going to try and obstruct your view. They're going to try and keep you from seeing who Jesus is, who Jesus wants to be, who he needs to be inside of your life. So in this moment, Zacchaeus is up in this tree and he is, he is looking down and, 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 and I can only imagine that he was probably trying to be a little bit quiet about the fact that he was there because I would guess that if people had seen him up there, they might have even started to jeer or boo or maybe even throw things at him because they didn't like him. So he's sitting there and in this moment, I love it because Jesus kind of goes rogue. In full view of everyone, this man is, is in the tree, and he is basically the equivalent of, of Jesus, like seeing somebody that was a pimp or a prostitute or a crackhead in our culture today. And he says, hey, make haste, come down. I'm gonna hang out with you. Now, we read it and we're like, oh yeah, that's cool that Jesus did that. But this was so taboo. This was so unheard of that Jesus this great teacher, this prophet, this man of God, that he would come to a place where he would, he would put himself into a position because can I tell you, if you went to eat with somebody, you were say, if you associated with them, essentially you were saying you were okay with them. So now Jesus is associating himself with people that had been shunned by, an upstand, by any upstanding Jew. These people were the butt of the jokes. They were the targets of smirks and no self-respecting person would risk even being seen with them, let alone going to their home. By everyone's standard, Jesus was a good man and so making friends with bad people didn't make a lot of sense. He should have been preaching at them. He should have been rebuking them. He should have been siding with the crowd. He should have been criticizing, maybe even mocking, but that's not what Jesus did sitting around a table with him. I can't even imagine the shock of the disciples even. We don't know how they reacted, but the thing about it is Jesus didn't care about the scandal. He cared about the scandalous. Yeah. And some of you need to hear that today because maybe your life has been one of scandal. Maybe your life has been one of sin and mess and shame and nonsense and all of those things. But can I tell you that God cares more about you than he does about your past? Yes. 
He cares more about who you are and who he's created you to be than he ever will care about the stuff that you've done in your past. Why do I love it when, when testimonies are given? Because it is, it is an in-your-face to the enemy. It's that moment where in Revelation it says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the, and the word of our testimony. So right up there with the blood of the lamb and we know how important that is, is the word of our testimony. Why? Because the enemy pushes so hard to destroy. Even Melody's story, the fact that she came from a good home where she was raised to be a believer, she went to Christian school, all the things, but she found herself not following Jesus. And then to just get out of going to rehab, she decides to come to Montana. And she gets kicked out of that program. And so now her dad's like, well, there's, I heard of this thing. I just read up on something called the Adult and Teen Challenge. How many of you know that wasn't any surprise to God? Why? Because the word of her testimony is going to change things. The word of your testimony is going to change things. That's why Jesus cares more about the person than the scandal. He liked spending time with sinners. He was God and he was perfect, but he spent much of his three and a half years in his ministry hanging out with people that were bad, the underdogs. He talked with them, he ate with them, he cried with them. People weren't just a charity project to him though. He cared about them, he listened to them. He offered them unconditional hope. I love this verse because we know that Jesus has said things like, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. The way we say that here at River is this is not a clubhouse for Christians, it's a hospital for the hurting. Right? Because there's, if we're all good and we all have our stuff together and everything is great and we just want to hang out with each other, it's pointless. But if we say, hey, we are going to be a church where the broken can come. We are going to be a place where those who are hurting, those who are scandalous, those who are struggling can come through these doors and they will be seen and they will be loved and they will see God. Now, we can't make anybody do anything and we won't push it down your throat, but we will, hopefully, if we're doing it right, we'll point the way and clear the path. We'll point to him so that you can see him. And some of you, you know that because you've been that. Some of you sit in this room or you watch online today and you've been that. You've, you've walked into this place and I've had conversation after conversation with people who said, this is not what I expected from church. I thought I would be judged when I came in here. Jesus wasn't in the judging business. It's why he spent his time with the needy, the helpless, and the depraved. He came down to their level because they could never rise to his. He wasn't out to prove how good he was or how bad they were. He just wanted to offer them hope. Jesus is a friend to people who are willing to admit that they have problems. We understand that we have issues if we recognize that we have stuff we can't conquer then Jesus is near to us. It's in those moments where you feel the most broken that you will feel him the most if you'll, if you'll open yourself up to him. Because you don't have to be good to be Jesus' friend. You just have to be honest. 
See, we get it wrong where we think because we can fool other people in our lives, because we can put on a good show for those around us and they will think that we've got it all together. So we think we can do that with God. He ain't, he ain't buying it. He's much, he's, you're much better off to be honest with him. You're much better off to be broken with him. Why do I love it when we end our, our gatherings together and we have opportunity for you to come, whether it's to get prayed for by, by somebody up here or even to just come to an altar? Because I feel like there's a lot of times where that should be a moment in our lives where we get to shed all of the things that, that we, all of the expectations of everyone else in our lives, but we can come to the feet of our Savior and say, God, I am broken and I am open and I want more of you and I need you more today than I did yesterday. Yeah. Zacchaeus put himself out there. He put himself out into this tree, even though it was a risk for him. Jesus met Zacchaeus along the way. He was going to somewhere else. He didn't go to where Zacchaeus was. He was passing by where Zacchaeus was. And I want to land on that for just a moment. Colossians chapter four, verse five says this, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that they will have the right response for it. So, so you will have the right response for everyone. This is an unscheduled appointment for Jesus. It wasn't something that they had, somebody had phoned ahead and said, hey, Zacchaeus would like to meet with you when you get to this, this particular place. It was unscheduled, but Jesus stops and he takes a moment. For us, I want those of you in the room who you've accepted Christ and you're, you're following him, can I tell you, I think that for many of us, we get so busy and we have our calendar and we have all the things that we have to accomplish, our to-do list. How many of you are to-do list people in the room? All right. Some of you need to be to-do list people, but you're not. Okay. <laughs> but some of you, you, you've got all the things and that's the most important thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus in. I got this appointment after this appointment after. And Jesus had stuff to do, but he stops. He stops at this intersection, this unscheduled appointment, and, and that's the way Jesus was because eternity is worth the effort. The average person takes 10,000 steps a day, which is four times around the planet during your lifetime. 10 steps out of your way could change somebody's eternity. Just 10 steps in a direction you hadn't planned to go. Just Making a moment where you don't have a moment. You look at your calendar, oh, it's so booked, I, I would love to stop and I'd love to talk and I'd love to, but I don't have time. Well, maybe we need to rethink some things. Because if the son of God who has come with a mission and he is very busy can stop not only to talk to this man, but to say, come down, I'm gonna hang out with you for a while. How much more should we do that? How much more should we make the effort why is it important for us to be eternity-minded? Because eternity is worth the effort. Why participate in outreach? It's so much extra work, and I, my, my week is so busy, and I just want to take my Saturdays off, and I'm blah, 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 blah. I get it. But can I tell you, when you show up and you begin to serve and you begin to see people that you wouldn't normally interact with, there are people that will, that will come onto these grounds that we would never, ever get another opportunity to talk to. 
And now all of a sudden you are, you are a vessel where God is able to use you and you're able to speak into somebody's life. You're able to bring hope to somebody. Why? Because eternity is worth the effort. We don't do the food bank and the clothing closet because one day we were bored. And we're like, you know, I got some extra space. We should just maybe start giving out some food. I don't know. What do you want to do? It's a huge undertaking. We have amazing people that do it. Our clothing closet, amazing people. Hands of hope, incredible people. None of those things are just because somebody was like, man, I need a hobby. It would be cool is if every Saturday I could haul furniture into people's houses. That would be amazing. No, we do it because we want opportunity. We want to step off of our day-to-day path and we want to step into an area that's maybe just 10 steps out of the way. Just a moment in our life that could change somebody's forever. Philemon, it says, every time your name comes up in my prayers, I say, oh, thank you, God. I keep hearing of the love and faith you have for the master Jesus, which brims over to other believers. And I keep praying that this faith will hold in common, uh, we hold in common, keep showing up in the good things we do, and that people recognize Christ in all of it. You see, God loved you enough to rescue you. God cared about you enough to take you from where you were and bring you to where you are now. Problem is, is I think that the church often does this backwards, and I've used this in here before, but I really feel like it's been a while, so we need a little refresher course. The church often acts like this. Behave, believe, and belong. I think we have those. There we go. Behave, believe, and then you can belong. So in other words, you come into this church and, and, and you are a misfit and you've got a mess and you are doing stupid stuff and we go, okay, sit down. Let me tell you what it looks like for you to behave. And then once you be- behave, then out of that, I think you'll start to believe. And then once you believe, then now you're part of our family, right? And for some of you, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That looks good. This is the way it should be, actually. It should be this way instead. There it is. Right when you walk in, you belong. And out of belonging, you'll probably start to believe. And out of believing, your behavior will change. See, what happens when we do it backwards is we we tell people... Hey, behave. So what does that mean? If I don't even believe yet, then it's all on me. If I'm a screw up and I'm a mess and I'm, I'm whatever, then I'm trying to figure it all out. And so I'm over here like, oh man, I really would like to be part of that River of Life church. So I, I got to white knuckle it. I got to push it through. I got to make sure that everything is okay in my life. And if not, then I'm going to at least put on a good mask so they think I got it. But when all of a sudden you walk in and it doesn't matter your story, it doesn't matter how screwed up you are, it doesn't matter what a mess you are, when you walk in, we don't just have a a, a banner that says you belong here, but we actually live it. We actually believe it. We actually say, 
Everyone that walks in these doors, you belong. And out of that, my hope is that your belief system will, will, you'll begin to hear God's word. And out of hearing, we know that that changes our heart. And as we hear God's word and we begin to believe, then all of a sudden, it's on God to change your behavior. As I look at this story, I see that Jesus took bold initiatives. Zacchaeus appeared, uh, his appearance made him feel insecure and lonely. His accusers made him feel bitter and resentful. And his sins made him feel guilty and ashamed. So what did Jesus do? He invited himself to Zacchaeus' house for dinner. He didn't even wait for an invitation. It wasn't like Jesus just said, well, I'll tell you what, if he invites me, I will go. Right, which is how a lot of us are. When it comes to reaching out to somebody who's hurting or, or listening for the Holy Spirit to tell us, hey, you should speak to this person, you should bring hope to that, that, that coworker, you should, you should say something to the waiter at the restaurant, whatever it is, oftentimes we will, we will wait and we'll say, well, if they bring it up, right? Because that gives us an out, and, but yet we're still leaving the door cracked. God, Holy Spirit, if you want me to say something to the waiter, then if they bring up church randomly <laughs> while I'm eating dinner, then I will talk to them about it, right? But Jesus doesn't wait to be invited. He invites himself over. Jesus says, hey, come on down. I'm coming to your house. Can I tell you that 82% of unchurched people said that they would likely attend church if invited? 2% of churchgoers said that they have invited someone in the last year. Jesus invites you to impact someone's eternity. Maybe today you can relate more with Zacchaeus and you feel defined by your past and how others see you. Studies show that you tend to base your self-esteem on what you think the most important person in your life thinks about you. So I recommend that you make Jesus Christ that most important person in your life. Because the other people might not always tell you the truth. And the other thing about Jesus is he thinks you're pretty amazing. Jesus knows you. He knows that some of you in this room right now, even you feel so alone. But Jesus is stopping tonight and he's noticing you. You are not forgotten. Luke 19 records that when Jesus passed this spot, he looked up and he notices Zacchaeus. Can you imagine that Zacchaeus' heart must have started to pound in that moment as Jesus looks up and sees him in that tree? And Jesus was looking at him, this small, despised, insignificant man. So why did Jesus stop at the tree and look at him? Because he knew exactly where Zacchaeus was. God knows exactly where you are too. God knows exactly what you're feeling tonight as well. He knows if you feel as though you are undeserving. He knows if you feel as though you've blown it one too many times. Some of you, he knows that you have been really good at hiding your stuff. And you feel like you've got yourself into a pretty good groove where no one else needs to know. But Jesus, and maybe you feel, I can hide out in this tree. I'll get to see Jesus, but, but it doesn't change anything in my life. 
But Jesus walks under the tree, and what does he do? He looks up, and he sees him. Some of you need to understand, Jesus sees you. You're not hiding anything from him. He knows it. In Luke chapter 19, verse 5, it says this, Jesus said, come down quickly, for I am going to be a guest in your home today. In other words, I know that you have things you're ashamed of in your life. We all do. But Jesus says, Jesus doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to transform you. He wants you to know him, and he wants you to love him as much as he loves you. No matter what you've done, no matter what the, your condition is right now, God wants you. You're not too broken. You're not too, too much of a misfit. He loves you, and he has plans for you. But the starting point is to let go of your pride and admit that you've sinned. That's the starting point. God saves humble people who admit that they need help. Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with you and you with me. So that same invitation that he gave to Zacchaeus, he gives to us. That same moment where he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus and he says, hey, come down. I'm gonna come into your house. I'm gonna hang out with you. I'm gonna have a meal with you. He offers that to all of us. He says, I see you and if you will let me He's a gentleman. He's not gonna force his way in. He's not gonna make you do anything. But he is gonna knock. And for some of you tonight, he's knocking. He's asking, do you want relationship with me? Do you want me to come in? Do you want to know what it is to, to spend time with me and to experience me? He wants to dine with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to get to know you. He wants you to get to know him. He wants relationship. That's what's so important about all of this. So in these next few moments, I'm gonna ask you to close your, close your eyes with me because I wanna take a moment right now. Years back, I heard this, these words that were penned and I, I wanna share them with you tonight because I think they're pretty important and, and timely for what we're talking about. It says, two men, two trees. Zacchaeus, today you climbed a tree for me, but in a few days, I'm climbing a tree for you. You climbed a tree despised, but I'm climbing a tree to be your deliverer. You climbed a tree hurt and hated, I'm climbing a tree to be your healing. You climbed this tree a slave to sin, I'll climb a tree to set you free. You climbed a tree as a spectator, but I'm going to climb a tree as your savior. I'll be climbing the trees from now on, Zacchaeus. You don't have to climb anymore. You don't have to live like this anymore. I'm giving myself for you. Come down, stop climbing, that's my job. Zacchaeus, salvation has come to your house today. Zacchaeus, I came to find and save people just like you. Today as we close this time together, I wonder how many of you in the house right now feel as though you understand the plight of Zacchaeus. Maybe you even feel at times hated, despised, overlooked, discounted. Today is a day 
that maybe you even, when you come to church, you want to stay a little bit hidden. I'm going to sit towards the back. I'm going to lay low. I'm not going to make a spectacle. I'm going to sneak in when it begins. I'm going to sneak out when it ends. Just as Zacchaeus climbed that tree, and I'm sure he thought, I'm well hidden. No one will even see me, but I'll get to see what's going on. And Jesus walks by. And as he does, he locks eyes with Zacchaeus. Why? He's saying, I see you. And he didn't see him to mock him. He didn't see him to berate him. He saw him to show him compassion. He saw him to transform his life. I wonder how many today would say, Jason, I I need that relationship with Jesus. I need to stop trying to do this on my own. I need to stop trying to make things happen. Maybe you are here, and if you are honest right now, you've got friendships, but you feel completely alone. Jesus sees you. He wants relationship with you. So today, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. And if you're in the house and you would like to make your relationship right with Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you just to lift up your hand and catch my eye because I want to pray with you before we leave today. Is there anybody like that? Thank you, man, back there. I see you. Thank you, good girl. Yeah, I see you back there. Yeah. I see you. Yeah, way back there. Yeah, both of you. It's awesome. Yeah, man. Is there anybody else that would just say, today, I just want to make my relationship right with God? Yeah. Good work. Proud of you. One more moment. Okay. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to ask everybody, whether you raised your hand or you didn't, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer. God so loved the world. And he said, I want relationship with my kids. I want want them to be in a place where their sins and their stuff is removed from them. But there has to be sacrifice. There has to be a price. So he sends Jesus, and Jesus dies on the cross. And in doing so, he pays the price for you and I. There's no way we could have paid it. But he says, I want them. So he does it. So tonight, what we're going to do as we pray this prayer, we're saying, I believe that. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that he rose again on the third day. I believe that it brings me into communion with God and I want to follow him. It also takes your sin and it washes it from you. So some of you, you came in here real messy. Lots of stuff. But God says, I'll pay the, I paid the price so it's not yours anymore. So let's pray this prayer together. Will you just repeat after me? Dear Jesus, thank you that you see me. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died on the cross for me. And I do believe that you raised again on the third day. 
Forgive me of my sin. Help me to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you give them a round of applause, those who raise their hand? That's the most amazing decision you could have ever made. Now, does it mean that you're perfect? where you know that God laid something on your heart during this or he spoke something to you. Maybe you've been allowing other people's opinion of you to be the thing that drives you and dictates the way that you're going to live your life. And tonight is a night where you can come and you can release that. You can say, God, I'm going I'm to trust you. So our prayer teams are going to be up here. If you need prayer for anything, they're more than happy to pray with you. But also the altars are always open. If you just need to come and just spend a little time saying, God, will you just solidify in my heart what you just spoke to me? I'm going to pray over you right now. Then we'll worship and the altars will be open and you can come and spend some time in prayer. God, we thank you so much for your amazing love for us. And God, we do glorify you. We honor you. We thank you. Father, I pray for everyone within the sound of my voice that, Lord, you'll help us to chase you. Lord, and I pray, God, even as we've talked about taking 10 steps out of the way, that, Lord, we will begin to understand that our agenda is not our God. You are. That, God, your Holy Spirit can guide and direct us, and we don't have to be locked into what we've written down, but we can begin to move in what you're speaking to us. God, I pray that we will be a people that will speak hope wherever we go, and that we will see our city transformed because of it. God, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand? The altars are open if you want to spend some time in prayer. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.